For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. So many sports are in full swing right now, so there's no better time to get into sports betting than this very second. Go to Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbooks experts. <laughs> and what's up everybody welcome into a brand new episode of the believe in clippers podcast presented by bet online a special bonus episode as we get ready for game three between the clippers and the Mavs. jesse cass and alex acker here with you as always and alex it's a it's a tough situation for the clippers to be in they're down two games to nothing of course dropping both of those games at home you know, we had talked, of course, this week previewing Game 2 about a couple of things, and, you know, yeah. Kawhi and Paul George need to play like stars. They have, and they did, but the supporting cast for the Clippers has been lacking a little bit, and the supporting cast for the Mavs has been off the charts, so the Clippers find themselves down 2 nothing. For sure, for sure, and, and hats off to the Dallas Mavericks for actually just, you just pulling away with that victory because I've seen – the Clippers playing an unbelievable game, um, like you said, and you illustrated that, that Paul George is playing phenomenal. You know, damn near close to a triple double. Um, unbelievable off the, you know, rebounding and and you know you got you got um, Kawhi Leonard who just had an unbelievable playoff game. You know what I mean? He's definitely at the peak of his game where he's trying to win a single game, and it's hard. You know at 40 points, what more can you ask for for a man, you know, and playing 40 minutes so, man, it's just a rough situation right, right now for, for the Clippers, I don't know if it's that wall again that we talked about, but uh, they're definitely at that, po- that point right now. Yeah, I mean you know, if the Clippers wanted to test themselves with adversity, they're they're there right now like you said, it's 2 nothing going on to the road, we know that Dallas, uh, their stadium is going to have near full capacity, about 15,000, so it's going to be you wanted adversity. Here it is for the Clippers. And you mentioned, you know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard playing well. But this Clippers team that we've talked at length about all year being so deep, kind of molded roster-wise for the playoffs, just, you know, hasn't played that well. And some of that, you know, some of the rotations have been a little questionable for, from Ty Lue as well. But, you know, outside of Reggie Jackson had 15 points. Outside of that, no one else on the team had more than nine when you throw out, you know, Kawhi Leonard and George's big performances. So, you know, a lot of this comes down to those guys being able to hit the shots that they made all year. You know, Marcus Morris has really struggled. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, Serge Ibaka, apparently his back issue flared up, so he only played six minutes. He's questionable for game three. Zubats has not looked that good as he normally does. And, you know, up and down outside of a few outliers here and there, I think, you know, I think Terrence Mann was great. Rondo and, and Batum have played well, but their minutes have not been uh, extremely high. So, uh, you know, a lot of the usual suspects for the Clippers really not coming through right now. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, this is this is highly unlikely right now. 
uh, especially the way they've been playing. You know, um, it's up and down, and I just really see that you can't have that. You know, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is stepping up phenomenally. You know, at both games you got Porzingis doing every single thing, and those two are the, pretty much the X factors. You know, you, you got a guy like Luka Doncic who's going to give you whatever he's got for sure in the gas tank, 20, 25 and up. But you can't take away, you know, that you got to take away something. You can't have a um, Tim Hardaway having 28 points and then uh, Porzingis having 20 points as well, too. That's that's a huge ripple, you know, trying to trying to beat this team right now. So they they're on high ceiling cylinders um, and, and gassed up right now, ready to go, especially yeah. going home. Yeah, and that's and that's really the the main point, right? As we we, we kind of talked about it last time too, Luca is so dominant. He's going to get his numbers no matter what. Uh, you know, I think I think actually the defense and defensive effort on him for the most part has been you know pretty good. He's making some outstanding shots, and you know he's a really tough player to stop. He's going to get his numbers no matter what. And I do think they can avoid some of those switches where you know smaller defenders like Beverly end up on him. But outside of that, I think they've defended Luca well, but. To your point, the other guys are really torching the Clippers. And you know, Hardaway with 28, six three-pointers. You know, Porzingis, he mentioned at 20. Maxi Kleba going five for six from the field. Jalen Brunson again with another strong game. Uh, you know, no discredit to those guys. You know, especially you know, Hardaway, who's really improved, and, and Brunson, who's a good player. But the Clippers' defense just has to figure out what they want to do. It seems like they're... They're overcomplicated. They're over scrambling. They're trying to take take away everything at once when it's just not possible, and in, in turn, kind of getting burned all over the place. So, you know, I think yeah. they have to really simplify their game plan. Uh, you know, be more straight up against Luca and try to take out some of these other guys as well because the shooting numbers are just off the charts. And while some of that is just outlier shooting, where it's like, hey, they're hot. Uh, Kawhi Leonard said it. You have to make people miss. You know, fifty nine percent from the field, fifty three percent from three point range. Those are just numbers that you you can't overcome. You mentioned the Clippers' offense yeah. has been great, but when you're giving up numbers like that, you really you don't give yourself a chance. For sure, and and you hit it on the head too, because I've seen it a lot of times where they were unsure who was going to pick up that that when when they do actually help and are they switching. Uh, who's going to pick up that middle man, you know, and they stumbling and fumbling trying to figure out who's going to the top man or the bottom man. And at that same time, you can't give a shooting team the option of getting their feet underneath them, squared away, aiming at that rim. You know what I mean? It's going to be lights out every single time. It's going to be Christmas. So they got to really figure out if they're running after these shooters and getting them off the line. I don't really see, honestly, like the the energy as far as doing that. You know, I think they're still not believing that these guys can shoot the way they're shooting. And, and it is just kind of, to me, it just shows the way they're playing defense um, of not of a, 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 I wouldn't say aggressiveness, because one ball, they're doing phenomenal, you know. But just off that catch, they're not really closing out and getting rid of, you know, you can't get rid of everything, but you got to take away that jump shot more than anything. You got to make them put it on the floor and then crowd them up as much as possible, you know. So, um I think that's the biggest thing, and that's the key thing right there more than anything. I'm going to stick with it. I said it in the last game. Um, the emphasis has to be there as far as getting them off that three-point line. Yeah, and it's it's about knowing your personnel too, right? Where, of course, especially a guy like Hardaway, who's, you know, that's his specialty. That's what he's on the floor to do. He's got to be one of the main guys. You're out and running off that line as hard as possible where, you know, Brunson's a, 
you know, a good shooter, but he's trying to drive to the basket where it almost seems like they're they're doing the opposite, where they're letting Brunson blow by people and get to the rim, and then they're letting Hardaway hit the three. It's almost wrong on all levels where, as we said, <laughs> it's, it's no disrespect to those players. It's no disrespect to those players, but, you know, right now Hardaway is looking like Clay Thompson and Brunson's looking like Iverson. You know, these guys are playing way above their heads, and a lot of that is due to just kind of the – the funky defense that we've seen from the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the contract-wise, I don't talk about that, but Hardaway is definitely playing for another contract <laughs> right now. <laughs> He's definitely due for a contract. The crazy thing I read, which is which is uh, funny, Jess, is that uh, Ray John Rondo, he's calling out everybody's plays, you know. So they're not really even running plays since he played with them in 2004, 2005 uh, with Dallas. So Rick was like, we're not even calling plays. We're just actually just not freelancing, but we're just actually figuring out the mismatches or we just, you know, attacking their weaknesses as far as in the middle. And that's the biggest gap they have right there collectively. If you got a seven-footer in there actually – that can put it on the floor like Porzingis, and and, and it's hard to take away, you know, um, that that entry pass. Um, he's going to kill you, you know. That fifteen foot mid range he has, that three point mid range he has, he can put it on the floor uh, against the best for sure. You know, he's definitely been an all star, so uh, he's getting back to that right now. I see, and um, it's definitely showing. So he's actually passing and facilitating when they're actually crowding him. And, Man, it's just it's this crazy thing. It's a beautiful thing on the, if you're a Mavericks fan for sure, but if you're a Clippers fan, it's definitely you're frustrated right now. Yeah, and for the Clippers, with all of that said, you know they've been close in the, both of these games where I mentioned Dallas has been shooting the lights out, uh, but again, kind of down the stretch where you just mentioned what Dallas does, they seek out the the mismatches, they hunt that, they run the pick and roll, they get their offense working through that. Uh, you know, it's hard to really complain about the Clippers' offense when they have such a dynamic game offensively. But again, down the stretch, it, it, there's something about that stagnation or settling for shots that aren't the best shots where, you know, back-to-back possessions, for example, Paul George gets the switch you want. He's got Porzingis, who he can really blow by, and he, you know, settles for a tough step-back three where Porzingis can contest it. And then the next possession, instead of attacking Kawhi Leonard, just settles for a three as well. You know, it, it, they don't seem to hunt those same mismatches that pretty much every other team in the playoffs does uh, and really yeah. set themselves up for that success, at least late in the game. Uh, we know that Rondo, we think, could help with that, but he was, you know, he was not in on the floor in the, in the final few minutes of game two. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's just the style of play that they do, that, that, that one-on-one attribute where you're just holding the ball, I got the ball, now I'm about to take you one-on-one. I think the the thing that they have to do as far as beating them is getting it and going. You know, if you got a big man closing out on you, you can't just jab, jab, jab. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got soon as you soon as they swing that ball, you got to attack him, get him off balance right then and there. Porzingis is not known for his defense. He's long and lanky and contesting shots. You know, um, at the best arc that that they can possibly do. But as soon as you get that rock, you got to just take it and go to, and pick a spot and get to that spot whether it's that 15-footer, a pump fake, and getting him off or, or going all the way to the hole. You know, so but I think that's the biggest thing they need to really lock into when whoever's closing out on them. Yeah, and, and we said, like you, like you said in the beginning too, you give Dallas all the credit. They've been playing with an incredible amount of force. They clearly have been motivated and ready. Uh, but at the same time, this, for the Clippers, this is a team that, 
you know, supposedly has championship aspirations, is the higher seeded yeah. team, is the more talented team. You know, we've talked, we've heard of Tyloo, you know, he kind of addressed it a little bit, saying that they have to have the right urgency. But, you know, the team talking about there's no real concern, and not that you want them to display panic in the media or anything, but, yeah. but you guys got to wake up. You know, this is, honestly, it's, it's embarrassing to be down 2-0 at home. You know, no matter how tough Dallas is, if you're the team you claim to be. So, uh, you know, all that rhetoric, especially after last year where we heard, oh, no, there's no panic. We're in the driver's seat, you know, as they continue to blow that 3-1 lead. So we know it's a different team, but that urgency and, and sense of, you know, to say there's no real concern, I think, is whether they're just saying that for bluster or not is is faulty. But, uh, you know, they got to, as you said, just kind of wake up and, the time is the time was game two, but the time is really now if you want any shot of getting back in the series. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think they're gonna fold. They going up three zero. You know, Dallas yeah. is definitely gonna be a team that can put it away. Yeah, and and for you know for the Clippers, I think one thing that we will see going forward. Ty Lue alluded to it in a press conference the other day. Uh, when he was asked about maybe lineup changes and changing the starting lineup, he hinted that they would. Um, you know, there's a couple, obviously a couple ways they could go with that. Uh, we saw Terrence Mann, who you were kind of calling for to play more, come in in the second half of Game 2, and he really kind of changed the energy for the Clippers, played extremely well. Um, yes. You know, I think Tyler already said he's going to play more, but uh want to get your thoughts. I think, you know, if you're switching the starting lineup, you said you could, obviously, it could be simple. It could be throwing Rondo in there for Beverly. It could be Reggie Jackson. It could be Batum, but, you know, for me, I think why not start with Terrence Mann as your, you know, we know he's not a point guard, but start him at the one alongside with George and Kawhi and Morris and Zoo and just have that energy from the start. No, no no, no question for sure. And it's not taking away Morris's game at all. He, he's, he's a starter for sure on this team, and he's being able to come off the bench and provide for a lot of teams that he played for and this team as well too. So it's not taking away anything of his game. It'll probably give him some energy where he can actually just come in and be that go-to guy um, where he's actually seen the ball a little bit more, you know what I mean, when his time has come. He can see the floor from that standpoint. But, you know, you need a dog that's going to be out there that's going to get those 50-50 balls and those balls that are not uh, bougie about hustling on the floor. And Terrence Mann is definitely that guy. You know, you need a a general where the first point of the – the game, because I think you said that before too in the last episode, was they have a uh, shitty start sometimes. Yeah. You know, as far as uh, Paul George as well too, and getting those jitters out, knowing that you got a leader, a general like Ray John Rondo, that's uh, bringing the ball up, telling people to calm down, where to go, and stuff like that, and keeping a little bit of poise, uh, hitting your sweet spots where you need to be at, and uh, that can probably help as well getting things started um, into the first quarter. Yeah, because like you said, they've had a couple of slow starts. Um, you know that likely won't work as well. It, it, you know, even though they lost both these games, they're able to come back. That won't work as well in front of a raucous crowd on the road. You know, that's a little tougher to do when you fall behind it on the road. So they got to come out with the right energy and intensity. And uh, you know, one other thing that I think they should really focus on it and make a point of emphasis is mm-hmm. as much as I. You know, love Patrick Beverly and Reggie Jackson, who actually, you know, provided some offense. I just think when Luka's on the floor, the mismatch hunting is so extreme that 
I almost think you need to match the minutes when he's not on the court. You can put in Beverly and Jackson and those smaller guys in the minutes where Lucas sits. But otherwise, I think the Clippers need to stay pretty big on the wings. Like we said, you know, guys like Mann, George, Kawhi, Morris, Batum, you know, maybe Rondo. Um, but I think because of that mismatch where you have the smaller guys and they seem pretty intent on switching that, uh, it's really tough for the Clippers with, the, you know, one of those smaller guys in there. I think their roles might have to be shifted a little bit and the Clippers go just a little bit bigger with their length on the wings. Yeah, and that's just for this season. You know what I mean? You got you to actually be able to actually adjust uh, when the time is right. And I think your head, you're, you're definitely right, too. Um, this team switches a lot, you know, the Clippers. So to match up, you got Paul George, you got Man, you got Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Damn, they're the same person, you know what I mean, <laughs> on that wing if you're switching up. So uh, those things look pretty promising if, if that happens for sure. And Batum as well, too. Yeah, no, I think both Batum and Rondo, they played just 19 minutes, and they were two of the stronger performers. I think both of those guys need to play more. Uh, you know, as you said, we, we love what Reggie has done this year. I think he had 30 minutes. You know, you know, I think you take that down by 10. You add those, you know, add those minutes, whatever it is, five and five. Get Rondo and Batum on the floor a little more. Uh, you know, I think there are things that can be done rotationally that can help them. And, and of course, like we said, it's sometimes – it's over like overcomplicated, and I think the Clippers are doing that. It's a simple game. You gotta, you know, play with that effort. Get those play defense better, simply, and yes. and give yourself a chance to win on the road. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so we're uh, we're up against it with the the Clippers being down 2-0. Alex, um, you know, we obviously went through a big kind of scouting breakdown there, but any thoughts for what we see in Game Three if we have a series or if this thing just kind of goes out with a whimper what do you see happening in uh in game three and then of course you know we'll we'll touch in for game four as well man if they can actually do some of these things that we said i think it'll be beneficial for their advantage for sure you know and i think it's the time where they need to react towards you know figuring out how to adjust a little bit faster you know and i think uh if that happens it's promising you know it definitely is i'm optimistic that these guys are definitely not going to just go 3-0, you know, and, and, and walk away like that. So uh, we've always been underdogs, the Clippers, man. So we're going to a new territory, and uh, we can we can pull off a win for sure in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, I think you and probably everyone out there can tell I'm always pretty much an eternal optimist. So I'm, hope, <laughs> I'm, I'm hopeful that they can win Game 3. Uh, our, yeah. The recent history tells us that adversity hasn't hasn't been good for the Clippers. So, I, you know, we will wait and see. I'm hopeful that they can make these adjustments. But, um, you know, any lack of the right energy or effort, uh, then they're going to lose point blank. So they really have to, yeah. as we said, come with, with the right effort, make these adjustments, and, and really give themselves a chance. You know, it, they I think they're the more talented team, but it certainly hasn't played out that way so far. So uh, they've got to have maybe their best effort of the season to really, you know, change the tide of this series right now. I think so. All right, so it's a short and sweet bonus episode, as we said. We'll see what the Clippers can do in Game 3 in Dallas, 6.30 p.m. on ESPN and Valley Sports. So, uh, Alex, we'll see what happens. We'll touch base again uh, with hopefully after a Game 3 win. We'll see, and then uh, 
if the Clippers can give themselves a chance to get back in the series. But uh, always good talking to you and breaking down some Clippers basketball. Most definitely. Let's go. Let's go, Clips. So that's it for this week's bonus edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. As we said, we're going a little extra here during the playoffs, so stay with us on the Believe Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, rate five stars, and you can find us wherever else you get your podcasts, including Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, iHeart, wherever you need, we're there. So thanks for tuning in. We'll hope for good things from the Clippers in Game 3 with their backs against the wall down 2-0. We'll see what happens. Thanks for tuning in. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker signing off on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.